0: Welcome to Insight. Today's special guest is Daniel Johnson, and he's going to be talking about using your intuition at work. Do you want greater trust and confidence in the decisions that you make at work? What about the decisions that you make in your business, in your career? And even your family because we'll be talking about that as well. So leaders of the most successful businesses report that they owe their success to trusting their intuition and that's what Dan's going to be talking about today. He'll share intuitive techniques anyone can use at work. Also Because he's also a personal friend, so I get to know him a little bit, which is a joy for me, a little bit deeper and on a different note than what we know as working as professional mediums. Dan is literally a bridge between the worlds. I know that I've talked about this before, but this is what it's all about. He has one foot firmly planted in the corporate world as a neuroscience-based coach, leadership development consultant. His other foot, is on the spiritual side of life. Yes, he is a professional evidence-based spiritual medium. He's a psychic. He's also an excellent world-class tarot reader. Dan has worked with leaders all over the world to help improve their leadership skills and decision-making abilities, including how to strengthen their intuition. And that's what we're talking about today, how to meld those two worlds. He also facilitates intuition training sessions for corporations in a variety of interests. Daniel is honest, he has deep rooted integrity, and he really truly lives the life of the person who is serving humanity, serving others, serving you, serving corporations for the betterment. Without further ado, Daniel Johnson. Welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. I love talking about this topic. I wish more people brought it out in the open in the workplace.
0: You know, I was thinking about that when you decided that this would be your topic for today. And I'm thinking, boy, mister, you are pushing the buttons here and I love it.
1: (laughs) Well, I thought it would be kind of out there for folks, especially in the workplace. But uh, 15, 20 years ago, I actually started doing training sessions in corporations, a variety of industries about intuition at work. And I thought maybe I'll get a handful of people, they'll probably be Uh, women who have an interest in this. What I find out is there's a voracious appetite for this in the workplace, especially among IT folks who are so used to using their left brain. So that was one of the first things that struck me right away. One, this is something that people are craving and two, they're just looking for permission and they want to be able to access their intuition. And three, it's not just who you think it might have an interest. It's folks at all levels of all interest levels But a lot of folks, especially in my training classes, are IT folks. People are used to using their left brain for computer type stuff.
0: You know, that's it's really interesting because I see, and maybe it's, you know, the, the science and the medical community is realizing, and it's so prominent now, the left brain, right brain, you know, and how the brain works and how we can most master that. And I do have to say that I'm a big podcast listener. And one of the things I have seen, and why I was so intrigued by this topic is because many people who are supposedly left brain big like multi billionaire people who are getting more into the right brain thinking. So you're right in tune, probably you were on the cutting edge of all of this.
1: Well, you know, my ego likes for me to think that I'm on the leading edge. You know, 20 years ago, I was talking about this. People are catching up, but uh, really, it is true. And you mentioned two important things, Lisa. I'd like to expand on one that more and more folks are acknowledging their intuition. Steve Jobs, you know, mm-hmm. Big Apple guy, he said the difference between him and other folks is that he trusted his intuition. When we mm-hmm. survey uh, CEOs, Fast Company did a survey of CEOs and said. What made you successful? They uh, said the most common answer was I trusted my gut, which is a way of saying I acknowledge my intuition. So people are acknowledging that. Sometimes they keep it to themselves because it's their. It's their secret weapon. They want others to trust their intuition so that they can keep moving forward. And then you also mentioned this left brain, right brain piece. And I'd like to expand on that if I could. Absolutely. Um, You know, I'm a certified neuroscience-based coach. And in my neuroscience training, three years of in-depth training, the things that I learned from neuroscientists is that the left brain, right brain, the biggest difference is how the left brain and right brain view the world. You know a lot of us were brought up thinking the left brain does intellect and the right brain is creativity right mm, there's some truth to that but really all parts of the brain work together but the biggest difference is the left brain views the world and our surroundings as little pieces and parts it divides them up and see things as separate the right brain views the world as a whole and sees the big picture And oftentimes when we're doing our decision making, whether it's at work or somewhere else, we're just using our left brain that has seen all the little pieces, but we're not Mm. seeing the whole and where intuition comes in. Is that flash of insight that does see the whole picture. Our brains, according to neuroscientists, are pattern detecting machines. So we're detecting patterns on all levels, the little pieces and the whole, but all too often we're just paying attention to the left brain part, the little piece stuff. And when we allow the right brain some room to breathe and communicate with us, then we get to see the whole. And the last thing I'll say on this, because this is one of my soapboxes, is that the nerve cells that come from our body, our inner knowingness are smaller and slower than the nerve cells that inform the left brain with all the the concrete sequential pieces piece. So all too often we get a single signal from our left brain about a decision because it's faster and it's louder and it always likes to think it's right. That's another thing, characteristics about the left brain or the left hemisphere, I should say the right hemisphere is a little bit slower in getting the information and communicating that to you. And oftentimes it can be a subtler message. So the left brain information often drowns out the right brain. So part of intuition is just giving ourselves a chance to relax and acknowledge what the left brain is telling us, but also then tune into the intuition side.
0: And now I see from that description, how someone who's very, what we call left brain, um, would understand that because you, you explained it in kind of scientific terms, why and how it happens.
1: Yeah, and the IT folks tell me, you know, we're so used to working with the minute little details and making things work and all that stuff. But the real fun for them is that whole picture. How does this all fit together? What can we innovate? What can this do? And tapping into that because all too often they're asked to work on the little parts but they're not asked often enough to innovate and create something new and see how this fits into the whole and their relationship with everything else. And so it's like, oh, the chains have been taken off me. I can now look at the whole picture and innovate and create something new versus being assigned a real small part.
0: Right. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to back up a little bit. Sure. So let's, will you please share with us how on earth you're, you got into the mediumship, tarot intuitive work <laughs> after being in the uh, you know, the corporate neuroscience, yeah. medical how, how the heck did that ever happen? Yeah.
1: You know, part of it was conditioning. When I grew up, I was very attuned to energy, but being a sensitive child or a sensitive male, you know there was judgment on that and you know, I did, I did well in school. So I was always praised for and rewarded for doing the intellectual side of things. So I went to school for engineering, wound up with a financial planning degree, and later got a master's. But that, there was something missing. And when I hit 30 years old, I realized, you know, the thing I'm really drawn to, for starters, is tarot. But I had judgment about that. So I was going through a Gestalt psychology training series, and my supervisor and said to me, your assignment for you to pass this Gestalt series, which was another three-year intensive, is your f- first assignment is to give me a tarot reading. And I freaked out because <laughs> I had a lot of judgment about that. Yeah. So really today, you know, I see myself as a bridge between the worlds. I love being in the corporate environment, working with leaders and intellectual geniuses who just need to sharpen their skills on emotional intelligence and being more effective leaders. And I love stepping into the world of spirit and giving messages from spirit and offering psychic readings to folks as well. I like both and the challenge for me is uh being able to do both because if i just do one or just the other i'm not fully satisfied i've got to do both so it was a long journey part of it was judgment of my own making part of it was embracing it and then part of it was you know just letting the world know this is who i am because we like again our left brain wants to box you as you're a corporate trainer or a corporate consultant or Mm -hmm. you're a medium or a psychic you know you're both uh, our left brain goes crazy thinking about that where the right Mm -hmm. brain sees that's very natural. That's using all parts of our, all parts of information and wisdom that's available to us.
0: That's really great. I love that. Thank it, you. It really is. It's, it's almost like freeing
1: It is. You know, as a gay man, I came out of the closet once, and then when I came out of the closet a second time for my business and intuition stuff, it's like, you know, there's a pattern here. I hope there aren't any more closet doors to open because I'm getting tired of holding on that handle. So, you know, you just kind of bust through. But it is very similar for folks, and I know a lot of folks doing this work keep it under the table or they hide it, but I find a lot of my clients for my mediumship work and my intuition work are folks I meet in corporations and company through my leadership stuff. They go, you know, uh, you're pretty cool. There's something you have that I want. It's that quiet Mm -hmm. competence. You have that wisdom about you. You have that knowingness. I wanna embody that too. And that starts the conversation about intuition. Then say, you know, I'd love to get a reading from you. And that's how it grows. So even the leaders I work with feel they have to keep it under the table somewhat, but they're still using their intuition. So it's, it's, it's that judgment piece, I think, that is doing us a bit of disservice in this whole field.
0: Then how do you help or how is it integrated? How do you integrate the spirituality with the business? I know you had just said that you help you know, people do that. But Mm -hmm. what are some instances where spiritual guidance and your intuition, of course, can help others or even yourself at work or in a business? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, an easy example most people can relate to is an interview process. Let's Mm -hmm. say you are in an organization and you're interviewing somebody. They look great on paper. During the interview, they are saying all the right things your body feels a sense of dread. You're not excited about this person. There's just something, you can't put a word to it, but there's just something inside of you that's telling you no. That's your intuition speaking to you. That's a easy example or you meet someone and you shake their hand and like immediately you want to get to know them better. You feel really drawn in. That's your intuition reading their energy saying, Oh, this is a good match or vibrational match for me. There's more here. Let's, let's talk. Maybe there's some synergy. Maybe there's some business we can do together. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you shake someone's hand and it makes your skin crawl. You don't know them, but just by shaking their hand, like yikes, that, again, is our intuition and our body wisdom communicating yeah. to us. And when we ignore those, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. Intuition also works great at work when we're feeling stuck. It's like, you know, I've done everything I can. I feel like I've, I beat my head against the wall. A lot of my clients say that. I beat my head against the wall. Nothing's happening. It's like, you know, let's step back. Let's see the whole picture. That's what your head is telling you to do. But check in with your heart. Your heart's got wisdom. What is your heart saying about this situation? And people are like, freak out, like, huh, heart? What, is the, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I invite them, you know, to put their hand over their heart and just breathe in and exhale and bring their attention to their heart and just have that awareness. And then what they realize is, you know, I've been working so hard at this job because it pays a lot of money and my parents never had a lot of money. So I thought that's what the goal was. But my heart is saying, I want to be a musician or I want to be an artist, or I want to do something that feeds my soul, not just puts food on the table. Those are some situations in the workplace where people can relate to, and they, yeah, I've had a similar experience, and that opens the door. And again, no one is forcing you to use your intuition, But again, effective leaders say, that's what made all the difference. And Mm -hmm. I don't have to be in the office calling attention to everyone, putting my hand over my heart. There are many different ways that you can access your intuition at work without calling attention to yourself, which I also hear a lot from folks. I don't wanna stand out. I don't want people to think I'm weird. So there are other ways of using your intuition at work too. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, it's interesting that you say that. Back um, when I was working in the corporate world, almost a a very similar thing um, than what you just mentioned, where I noticed people were using their intuition, but they weren't doing it intentionally. For instance, um, I knew when I needed to write my letter of resignation, and I held it with me for months until the timing was right. Of course, I was in this business at that time, but um, not full-time, but in that, I saw a lot of corporate people using their intuition, but they didn't call it that. Again, it's their gut, yes. you know, a little gut intuition or whatever. But then, to focus on that and to intentionally use that is that could be groundbreaking for them. You're right. Between the corporate guy and then the musician, that's a huge variance there. You know, it's.
1: Okay. It's disowned parts of ourselves. And a couple of things you said to me really, you know, signal some important things. One, you know, folks in the workplace will say, I trusted my gut. Well, neuroscientists show us that our gut has over 100 million neurons. You know, it's, yeah. it has more neurons than our spinal cord. So it's getting information and communicating to the brain. The brain isn't always informing the gut. The gut is informing the brain. So there's a reason why we say trust our gut. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, you know, the three keys for uh, strengthening your intuition, I always say, and I learned this from Sonia Choquette years ago, and it has stuck with me and has served me well and folks that I teach well, is that I should always expect, trust, and act on my guidance. And that's the thing I see in the workplace happening a lot is that people get intuitive hits, but they don't trust them Mm -hmm. and they don't act on them. And then they call me as their coach and wonder why things aren't working or how they can do better. And so that's not the only reason, obviously. But always expect your intuition to come through for you. Always act on it and trust it. And that can be, that could be a quantum leap for folks. So just start in baby steps. But expect, trust, and act, I think, are really important keys with intuition.
0: So can you give us an example of intuition at work or even some of the falsehoods or the myths yes. that, that people believe that you're encountering in your work?
1: Sure. Um, let, me give you, let me give you an example first, and then we'll dive into some, some of the myths. So an example is I'm working with an individual, coaching them on their leadership ability. Tremendous genius, you know, can figure everything out. But when they're in a leadership position, as we often do in organizations, if you're a great salesperson, that means you're going to be a great manager. Not always the case, but one day we'll figure that out. Um, That doesn't mean you can't be a great manager, but some folks don't want to do that. But I was working with someone who is an intellectual genius. This was, again, in the uh, IT field. Actually, no, actually, IT and healthcare, both has happened, and the person uh, work. I was working with said, you know, Dan, you know, this was early, early morning coaching call said on the way to work, all I noticed were antenna, antennas on cars, built-in antennas on cars, antenna uh-huh. on top of building, antenna on, uh, you know, cell phone tower antenna. I said, I don't understand that, but why am I noticing all these antenna? I drive this way every day. So we explored that. I said, well, what are antenna? What do they mean to you? What do they do? And he said, well, I guess they receive signals or send out signals so that people can communicate. And I said, okay, let's hold on to that. Think of communication, listening and speaking as your theme for the next week and just see what your intuition is telling you. And then, you know, not six hours later, I got an email saying, I was in a really sticky situation at work and my normal MO method of operation would be to overpower the other person but I remembered my intuition speaking to me with those antenna, and I thought, maybe I should receive the signals. Maybe I should just listen. So instead of overpowering someone, I chose to listen, and you know what? The sticky situation came out really well. It actually came out in my favor, but had I not gotten that signal from my intuition, hey, listening is gonna be really important for you today, I would have done the same thing. So that's an easy example. Does that make sense? It does, it does. It's just um, paying attention to what becomes figural to you. What stands out can be one another way your intuition speaks to you.
0: Right, exactly. So someone, Alinda, wrote in on the Facebook board, and she had mentioned a situation where you meet, even, even with yourself, you have skepticism about what you're getting, right? So how can you determine whether it's spirit or... Your own like because you think you're going crazy, right? Mm -hmm. You know what's right and what's real because you don't want to look like a fool, right?
1: (laughs) Well, you know that's another thing we've got judgment about making mistakes too. So Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you know it's we have to be foolish in order to learn. It's part of our part of the process but I totally understand that and in the workplace there are two things and one thing that workers and leaders can always understand is the difference between fact versus story so my first step is is the information i'm getting a fact or is it a story a fact is something observable and measurable a story is a judgment or something i'm making up so that's the first step if it's based on fact I can, okay, I can check it off. I'm comfortable with that. I can go with it. If it's a story, it still could be valuable information because it could be your intuition telling you this isn't the right person to work with on this project. So what you can do is find ways to either get more information to inform you on this person or the situation. So for example, if I meet someone and they look right on paper, but my intuition is telling me don't don't do this, but I don't want to look like a fool. It looks like a golden opportunity. You know, take a moment, check in with your body and your intuition. What is it saying to you? Then I can do some background checks. I can talk to other people who've worked with this person. I can get a sense of if there's some intellectual or factual evidence that will help back up that piece. The other thing I will tell you is that the more often you trust your intuition, the more often you can delineate, it's my intuition versus my fear of something. Or my judgment. One example, I worked with a leader who said, every time I talk to my assistant, it drives me crazy because her voice is just like my mother-in-law's, and I can't stand my mother-in-law, so I can't stand her. You know, that's no. that's you know, you're getting information that's making you cringe, but you know, you can realize, you know, the reason for that is because it reminds me of my mother-in-law, not because I haven't given. It's, I need to give this person a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then also, your intuition more often than not will help you feel expansive will help you feel like, oh, this is the right way to go. It's like, I can't, there's nothing else I can do. This is the way I've got to go. Um, If it's fear, it'll make me feel smaller or more inhibited. With the exception, you know, if you're driving along and your intuition says, you know, you really need to turn left here. Sometimes that can be really abrupt, you know, follow that piece. So there are some distinctive distinctions in the voice. Practice the intuition. If you're getting an intuitive hit, uh, see if there's a way of getting more information before you make that decision and you can do that discreetly without acknowledging your intuition or or feeling like you're a fool and then sometimes we just have to take that leap sometimes we just have to say you know i'm going to say no to this and or i'm going to go this direction even though some folks think it's foolish because my gut's telling me that's the way to go and we won't know till we're on the other side meaning the the other side of the situation not when we're dead
0: I got it, I yeah, know I got it. yeah, but that's really powerful because I can see how, like, you might get an intuitive hit, it might not even be at work, you maybe mm-hmm. get ready for work or before you go to bed and something pops in your so you're not sure about it yet. We still have to investigate it, but it's your gut instinct telling or giving you a heads up, mm-hmm. so it's really it's so beneficial. So, then as you said. Then you can investigate it and validate it and do a little bit more digging Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: and i find that the intuitive voice is consistent it may be a softer voice but it's consistent so in this moment i my i'm getting this intuitive hit but then if i check in tonight or tomorrow tomorrow my intuition's voice is going to be consistent if there's Mm -hmm. a lot of inconsistencies then that's often an indication there's something in me that I need to take a look at. So if I feel intimidated by meeting this person and I get a sense of they're not a good person to work with, but later on my intuition says yes and then no and then yes, oftentimes that inconsistency can indicate, you know, maybe I have a discomfort with power or working with folks who are powerful or Mm -hmm. being comfortable in my own power. So intuition will also be consistent about the same thing throughout a period of time in a similar situation. So that's another way you can check in to see if this is really my intuition or something else.
0: So would they do that through meditation?
1: You can do that through how meditation. Do they check in? Uh, you can check in through meditation. A lot of my clients say, you know, I get my best intuitive hits while I'm driving or when I'm in the mm-hmm. shower, mm-hmm. you know, when that mind is at rest or I'm at ease. I'm not thinking. In today's world, we are so distracted. Our cell phones give us a constant distraction. That is preventing us from listening and paying attention to that voice of intuition because we're distracted by games and emails and uh, text messages and all these alerts that aren't, aren't, aren't important, but we make them important. And so we need to have some stillness. So when I've got clients who are running at 100 miles an hour all day, you know, they'll say, you know, my only downtime is in the shower or in the bathroom or when I'm driving. And that's when that stuff can come to you. So yes, mm-hmm. meditation certainly helps, absolutely. But for folks who find that uncomfortable, just be aware of what pops in in your still time. And for some folks, the only time is in the shower or right before mm-hmm. they go to bed or right when they wake up from bed.
0: Right, I get it. Washing dishes is a big one for me too. So any kind of exercise, if you will, that's uh, like, I don't have to engage my brain in it. You know, it's by a yes. Yeah. yeah,
1: just like when you're on automatic pilot, that helps tremendously. It's like, yeah, my left brain isn't having to crunch things. I can just do this by automatic pilot. And that frees right. up the opportunity for an mm-hmm. intuitive hit, certainly.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do people strengthen that? How can they get into that so that they can maybe turn it off and turn it on or you know, do it at will?
1: Well, I find that your intuitive voice is always speaking to you. So it's up to you whether you choose to listen or not. You can turn it off by ignoring it. You can turn it off by not trusting it. You can turn it off by not acting on it, but that turns it off totally. Um, So you can tune in, you can deliberately tune in periodically through the day. I tell folks in the workplace, periodically tune in once in the morning, once uh, during lunchtime, once uh, later in the afternoon, and just take a moment, lift your eyes from whatever you're doing, look at a space that doesn't have a lot of distraction, a lot of or letters or words and stuff, just a, even the blank wall will be fine. Just breathe and just say, you know, what's my heart saying in this moment? What, what am I aware of? So that's one way that you can strengthen it. The more often you work with it, that will strengthen it uh, as well. And then practice. Start practicing with little things that don't matter. When you go into the elevator lobby of your office building, just say, hmm, I wonder which elevator is going to open next, You know, which elevator bank is going to open next, and yeah. then notice. Or when you're leaving the house, say, hmm, I wonder um, how many times, I wonder, or I'd love to see, uh, I would love to see a blue car with a pull-down top, uh, you know, convertible top on my way to work today. And just notice how your intuition can communicate with you. But start with something that's fun, easy to do, playful, and then gradually work your way up to that piece. And for some of us who were brought up to trust ourselves, it's easy to do. But a lot of us and a lot of people I work with were conditioned to trust the guidance of their parents and teachers over themselves or someone else or a spouse. And so thinking for themselves and trusting themselves is a big step too. So there could be a piece about, Uh, esteem and power mixed in with this piece about trusting intuition, because we have to feel comfortable in our own skin in order to trust the guidance that we're getting, because the world is designed for you to trust what everyone else is telling you. Advertisers, bosses, organizations, parents, you know, everybody wants to manipulate you to do what they want so they can be happy. So it's a little bit of a breakthrough process for folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that clear or if have gone around in circles about how we can strengthen that? There's a lot no, of stuff I think involved great. in that.
0: I think that's great. What I've noticed is that because we are taught to be analytical, right? Figure things out all the time. When giving someone the permission to play in the intuition, it's very foreign, right? Because we want things to be exactly how we want things to be. It's predictable. Yes, exactly. Right. So, and we don't want to be wrong, but if we play with this, if we play with what elevator is coming first or am I going to see a balloon today or whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. but if it's play, then, you know, you shouldn't care if you're right or wrong. It it gives you a freedom, right? To keep going and to keep playing.
1: Yeah. The stakes are low. The consequences are low and that gradually can build confidence. But the thing is, as you're playing, as you're getting intuitive hits, the thing is to trust it and act on it. That's the piece I hear from so many people. I'm getting intuitive hits, but I'm not acting on them or I'm Mm -hmm. too afraid. You know, you've got to even start acting on, you know, you could even ask yourself, which elevator should I get on today? Not necessarily the one that's going to open first, but which one should I get on today? And just notice who did you meet on that elevator today? What Mm. conversations did you have? How did that impact the way you arrived at a meeting, things of that nature. So a lot of different ways to play with this, low stakes, but then acting on it is really key too. And, when it's, and it's also fun. Quite honestly, it's really fun. And it's almost like this, I don't want to say this secret game, but it's like the secret weapon that you have that no one else has to know about, but it can be really fun and rewarding. And I'll tell you, spirit and our intuition find ingenious ways of communicating to us. And you just sit there and marvel like, how in the world did the universe orchestrate all of this to get me to where I am today? Like, who knew?
0: Mm-hmm. Spirit did.
1: Yes. <laughs> the
0: universe and, did.
1: And our expanded self, the part of us that is always, that never dies, knows too. And staying connected to that can really, really benefit us.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. So I, I can
1: that. we talk about some myths that people have about intuition? Would that be good? Yes, fun? I All right. So again, I've been working with folks in intuition for you know, 25, 30 years actually. And these are some of the common misconceptions, but also maybe some truths we may not be aware of when it comes to intuition. And that uh, one of the myths is that uh, accurate intuitive hits will bring me instant success. Mm-hmm. And that is a myth. Our intuition can certainly give us An idea that will bring us success quickly, but oftentimes it's taking us to that next step and that next step leading us to where we want to go. The world, the universe, the expanded part of ourselves, the eternal part of ourselves knows what we want and what we want to experience and our intuitive guidance is guiding us in that direction. And sometimes we jump over the river, sometimes we have to swim across the river, but we're taking it step by step. So it's not always instant success, but it will lead us to where we want to go. Um, And then another myth, and I hear this all the time in the workplace, and I'm sure you do too, Lisa, we all do, is that human beings think with their minds or with their brains, with what's up in here. And actually Mm -hmm. neuroscientists say, our body is also our brain. Our vagus nerve that connects our gut and our heart is informing the brain. The brain is informing the vagus nerve. So it's getting information from our gut, from our lungs, from our heart. Um, the Heart Math Institute has identified how our heart's got some wisdom here, even our skin. So we don't just think up here, um, we've got our whole body as part of that process. And when you get an intuitive hit, it can come to you as a feeling in your body. You know, you, Lisa, all the time say how we're clairsentient beings, we're feeling beings. Mm -hmm. So just notice, how do you feel? How does your body feel when you think about this decision or this option? Does your body feel open and expansive or does it feel closed off? How's your breathing? Are you breathing comfortably and fully or are you starting to have shortness of breath? These are all ways our intuition can be uh, communicating with us.
0: I think that's really important. You know, you're right, and I do say that because we're mammals. We're clear. We're all clear. every one of us is clairsentient. Mm-hmm. whether you recognize that or not. That is your your God given gift, being a mammal. And I think everything for me. I don't know about you, but for me, everything I get, whether it's clairvoyantly or clairaudiently or whatever, is all filtered. Mm-hmm. Through the clear clairsentience. yeah So the first thing that even as babies we come to rely upon are our feelings. So I just think it's our strongest. So then when we experience that, you know, hey, I really like this person, or I really don't, or should I go left or right or this elevator, whatever it is, you know, we feel that, that emotion or that gut instinct, or we feel like heaviness or, you know, lightness or gaiety or whatever. And I think they can all be used personally and in the workplace. I think this is, this is tremendous work that you're doing. I really, I really admire that.
1: Thank you. And
0: I think it's such a, an interesting concept now. And I know like you've been doing it for 20 years, but I think it's becoming more and more in the mainstream how people are using all of their brains to, I guess, to expand their own awareness as well as whatever they're passionate in. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, you talked about how we can feel through our bodies. We get intuitive information through our bodies. You know, a lot of people, especially in the workplace, think, our intuition is just gonna spell it out for us. It's gonna be words, or it's gonna be something in writing. And one of the strongest ways with my clients that intuition speaks to them is through metaphor. Remember my mm-hmm. example about the antenna? You know, All of a sudden, yeah. this intuition was drawing to intense. That's a metaphor. What's an antenna a metaphor? What does it stand for? What does it mean? So a myth about intuition is that it's gonna be about words or thoughts. Oftentimes it's a picture it's a metaphor. And then mm-hmm. play with that metaphor. What does this, what does this mean to me? So it's another way our, our intuition can speak to us.
0: You know, I find it kind of funny that you use the antenna metaphor, uh-huh. because when you use antennas to see spiritually, this is like the antennas are going up. <laughs> you know, that means if they're like, you're tapping in and you're noticing someone's nonsense.
1: Uh-huh. Right?
0: Uh-huh. So your own antennas are opening up, And it's like spirit or the universe, your intuitive mind is saying, uh, something's going on here. Exactly. And that's fine. However you interpret those metaphors is the way you're going to interpret it. What does it mean to you?
1: Yes. So important. Again, trusting ourselves. You know, there are books about what symbols mean. That's all well and good. But it's really about what does this metaphor mean to you? You know, when I am communicating with spirit and giving messages, I often will taste food. And you know one of the one of the identifiers was pea soup, and I hate pea soup. So when Spirit makes me taste <laughs> pea soup, I'm like, ugh! Why is Spirit making me taste pea soup? Well, um, it was because this person's mother always made pea soup, and that was her her sign. Other folks, you know you as a medium or you as someone using your intuition when you taste pea soup that might bring you a very pleasant memory Mm -hmm. so that might be telling you "Mm, this is the way to go or this is going to be thick as pea soup meaning i'm not going to be able to see my way through it there's so many ways to go trust what's coming to you and like you said what does this metaphor mean to you versus what someone else says it means Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's interesting because i tell my dream interpretation students to throw away interpretation and mediumship students just throw away symbol, symbology books or whatever, because you're right, it all is, pertains to you, and the author's just written what it means to them, you know, and maybe, of course, there's some archetypal symbols there as well, so owning your own, your own metaphors, if you will, owning it yourself, and trusting that is is of utmost importance, so I love that you're Incorporating it with a work-type situation, there's not too many people who are doing that, which is great. Which and
1: is it's great. Cir- it's circling back. Pardon me. It's it's also circling back to this word, the p-word, power. You've got the power. Trust your own power. Be comfortable in your own power. So again, on this intuition journey, it's not just about getting guidance from your expanded self, from the universe energetically through your body. It's that trusting piece and claiming your power to make your own decisions. And a lot of people in the workplace have been powered out. They've been short-circuited by their organization. They work in a toxic work environment. They've got a horrible boss. They're working in a job that sucks the life out of them. So they feel powerless. So You know, if folks listening as they're accessing their intuition, I just invite them that there may be some disruption along the way, which is also a neuroscience concept that as we are letting our right brain take a bigger role in our life and our decision making and how the right brain views the world, there may be some disruption. When you start being more confident and confident in your own decisions, people around you who are used to you just being a yes person aren't going to be happy about that. There's going to be some pushback. And this happens in the workplace all the time. They're going to start looking at me funny. They can't run me over like they used to. They're not going to be happy about it because they're used to kind of pulling the strings and controlling me. This comes up often in my coaching work in the healthcare industry and with a lot of women. It's an awakening process. So I love that it's about intuition, but there's also other dynamics. And the most common dynamic that's intermixed with all this is this concept of power.
0: So what are, are there any other like intuitive techniques that you've seen that can be used in a work situation as well?
1: Sure. So easy thing to do is, you know, pre-paving. And you may be familiar with this concept where I just say, you know, today, wouldn't it be nice if I ran into someone really cool at lunch? Or wouldn't it be nice if a new idea popped into my head about this project? Or wouldn't it be nice if a new opportunity came my way? Just kind of set an intention for the day. And if you say it in the phrase of, wouldn't it be nice if, or wouldn't it be great if, that put, takes the pressure off. It keep, gets your left brain to go to sleep about it. So you're not always trying to force something to happen or looking at everything saying, nope, 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 nope. That's just giving you some confirmation that it's not happening. So wouldn't it be nice if, so kind of pre-paving your day Or in the workplace, I'll often tell folks when they have a difficult or challenging meeting, you know, say, you know, kind of uh, vision yourself being successful and then prepay. Wouldn't it be nice if, and by putting your focus elsewhere, then energies will meet you there. If you change the way you dance and interact with folks, then they're forced to dance and interact with you differently. So part of that is intuition. Part of that is energy work, but I've seen that work uh, quite a bit with folks in the workplace. Also, dialoguing with spirit, dialoguing with your intuition. So, you know, I have folks who are in creative roles who want to be more creative, you know, I work also with small business owners and they want to innovate. I ask them, you know, who's the best innovator that you know, living or deceased? And they'll name that person. I say, okay, have a written dialogue with this person for 10 minutes, keep writing, and you have, have ask questions and ask uh, dialogue back and forth. And don't judge, don't worry about spelling, just write. So having a written dialogue with what you consider to be a person living or deceased who's got some expertise or who can advise you on this can also give you wonderful wisdom from your intuition. When you finish that written dialogue, set it aside, then look at it the next day after you've had a chance to sleep on it and you'll see things Mm -hmm. that in the moment didn't seem important to you. So that's another way and you can do that at your desk, no one has to know about it. You can be tapping into your computer doing that, no one has to know that you're doing it Um, but that's something that, that can work. And then one other technique uh, is what I call red light, green light. You know, if you're thinking about a decision or you've got an opportunity, you know, just take a moment and see what do you notice in your head? Imagine a stoplight. Are you getting a red light? Is this a no-go or a green light? Go ahead. Or is it a yellow light? You know, proceed, but proceed with caution. You know, These are some simple things that we can do at work without calling attention to us.
0: So I know, you know we had mentioned you doing mediumship and using tarot and stuff like that, but I'd like to look at, is there a way that someone could also integrate uh, tools like tarot cards or pendulums or whatever?
1: Sure. You can you can incorporate tarot cards. You could pull a tarot card about a decision. You can do that discreetly at work. Maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you'll just do it at lunchtime. Maybe you'll do it in your car before work or after work. Um, that That's something that you can use. I know when I've gone to New Mexico, and I've worked with some folks there, you know, a pendulum is common practice. So they'll take their pendulum at work and and use it. They'll go to the grocery store and hold the pendulum over fruit to see which fruit I should buy. I mean, you know, no one looks twice in there. So I know some folks who can do that uh, as well. And uh, it's not necessarily a tool, but uh, a technique that you can use is if you have a decision or a situation in mind, sit back in your office and turn your attention in another direction or all around you, and then notice what becomes figural. And by that, I mean, what stands out to you? So if I'm thinking about, um, you know, should I buy this next company? And you're sitting back and you're wondering about that. And just look around you and notice what of all of your surroundings stands out to you, and then use that as a metaphor. So you might, as you look around you, what stands out to you is this dead tree that's dying. You know, Mm -hmm. that might be an indication, probably not a good purchase. But you might be looking around and see a tree that is firmly rooted in the ground and has lots of fruit and is very strong. It's like, "Mm, you know, this looks like this might be a good decision. So notice what becomes figural in your environment. That's a visual way and also a visceral way in our body. Oftentimes, when we notice what's standing out in our environment, we'll see something, but we'll also feel it in our body. You know, what's the accompanying uh, feeling for that? So, yes, there are tools that people can use discreetly. I will be honest in the work that I do with folks in the workplace, most folks are not comfortable bringing a tool to work. So they'll use it either before work, after work. I do know some folks will use a tool in the car. So, you know, it's entirely up, up to you. And again, I also want to acknowledge a lot of the people that I work with don't want to call attention to themselves. So they don't want people seeing them using a tarot card or a pendulum. So they'll find other ways. But after work, or on their lunch break or in the car, uh, that's when they'll, they'll do Mm -hmm. something like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Very good. So during your career, do you have like upcoming events? Do you have events that people can come to or are there live events or online events that people can interact with you further?
1: Well, thanks Lisa. I appreciate that. Um, I do periodically do offer online, uh, courses on, uh, one-shot courses on intuition, tarot, things of that nature. Um, I do have an upcoming live event in the Cleveland area, Westlake, Ohio. October 11th, I'll be doing spirit messages, meaning mediumship messages with medium Sharon Klingler, someone that you and I both admire very much. It's an honor to share the stage with her. And October 12th, um, I'll be doing a all-day psychic uh, development workshop. We call it Psychic Mastery, Tools to access your psychic strength. So that's an all-day workshop on October 12th. Um, folks who are interested in that can follow me on Facebook, uh, Daniel the Medium, or they can go to danielthemedium.com for information about those and how to register. And then uh, folks who are interested in coaching or working with me in a business environment, whether it's training or consulting, uh, my website for that is called Performance Mastery. So even though I acknowledge the left and right hemispheres of the brain, I haven't found a way to put it all under we- one website. I do know that different, <laughs> different websites attract different audiences. So Absolutely. I do have a little bit of a split brain there, but uh, I find that's easier to organize information to. So performancemastery.com and danielthemedium.com is, is the place to go.
0: That's great. You know, I looked at my calendar. I was hoping to make it to Cleveland, but I'm booked to speak at an event that weekend. So unfortunately, I won't be able to come and heckle you both.
1: Oh, it'll be a lot of fun, but thanks for giving it some thought, Lisa, but you know, you're, you're so well versed in all this stuff too, but I find don't you find even if you have some experience if there's someone you admire or respect. Um, even if the topic is something familiar, you always come away with something new. You know, and that's one of the things I appreciate about you. And I know it's true about me is I always want to learn. I never feel like I know it all. So even if it's something Mm -hmm. that I feel like, you know, maybe I've mastered that. If it's someone I respect or admire, I always come away with something new that I can.
0: Yeah, I do too. It's funny because sometimes, you know, going into an event such as that, you might not know what you're going to learn or if you're going to learn what you need to learn or what have you. But sometimes it's who you're going to see there. Yes. You're going to interact with there. And like you said, you never know what you're going to come away with. But there's always something. There's a reason why you're there. Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes it. that event will inspire you. You get an idea like, ooh, now I have an idea for a book that I didn't have before I came here. Yep. We think ostensibly it's for this class. But, you know, it's just setting up the energy for us to be inspired about something that mm-hmm. um, get another intuitive hit that we might not have gotten before.
0: So... You mentioned um, your performance mastery, you mentioned Daniel, the medium. Uh So is, can you give us that again, like how they can get in touch with you, Facebook wise or anything else like that?
1: Thanks, so uh, mediumship stuff, danielthemedium.com, workplace leadership development things, or if you're interested in learning more about intuition in the workplace, performancemastery.com. And I forgot to mention, I'm such a terrible marketer. Lisa. I forgot to mention, I do have a podcast. It's called spirit and energy podcast, of which Lisa has been a guest, but I interview people. I really respect who have expertise in energy, intuition, mediumship, all things on the metaphysical realm, but they're all people that I respect and have something important to say. So spirit and energy podcast.com spirit and energy podcast.com. You can find the episodes or you can find it on Apple podcasts or your favorite podcast app. So that's another way people can stay connected with me, but also have an influx of new information and new ideas from other folks that I interview. Mm -hmm.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And I know that there's some great takeaways for just about anybody who can listen to this, either podcast on iTunes or on Facebook live or whatever Um, Whether you're more into the woo-woo stuff, you know, the spiritual stuff or the business stuff, there's some big takeaways here that how they can use their own intuition to move themselves forward, right, whether spiritually or professionally or, or whatever.
1: Well, thanks, Lisa, and you make it so easy to talk to you. I can see how uh, you are so well-respected and you do such a good job because you really put people at ease. You're a great interviewer and just the energy you carry with you is very grounding and very interested and genuine. So I appreciate that about you. So thanks for the opportunity.
0: You're very welcome, my dear. It was a blessing to talk to you. God bless. I'll be talking to you soon.
1: All right, thank you. you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.